0: Welcome to the Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a handy faithful. The Tradar features deep dives into every episode of the multi award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. This season of the podcast is dedicated to the Traitors Australia season two, and today. I'll be exploring episode 7 with a returning guest co-host. Before we re-meet him, let's hear some Traitors updates in TT News. The Traitors UK triumphed at the National Television Awards which was broadcast live on the 5th of September. The programme won in its category for reality competition, beating Tough contests from Love Island, Race Across the World and SES Who Dares wins. Contestants Wilf, Hannah, Aaron and Meryl joined producers on stage to collect the award. Wilf took to the mic to thank everyone who voted and also read a note from Claudia who couldn't be there because she's currently filming season 2 here in Scotland. The note read, Thank you so much to the NTAs. I wish I was there, but I'm busy wearing tweed and hunting traitors. This award is for the amazing team at Studio Lambert and the BBC. We're all so grateful to make the show with our fantastic faithfuls and traitors. P.S. If Wilf's wearing a cloak, don't trust him. Meanwhile, sadly, Claudia didn't win in her TV presenter category, being beaten boringly unpredictably, there I said it, by Aunt and Deck. However, it was still a great night for her as her other BBC show Strictly Come Dancing won in the talent show category. Well done to everyone at the Traitors UK, what a brilliant way to keep the momentum going for the new series. Next, this is more podcast news than Traitors news per se. Just some updates that I thought were pretty cool and I wanted to share. Firstly. I think I'm now allowed to reveal that my first interview special for this season will be the superstar of season 2 traitors Australia, the utterly betrayed faithful, absent star of the podcast, Annabelle. By the time you hear this, I will probably have already spoken to Annabelle and the interview will be on its way to you soon. I already have more questions to ask her than I'll be able to fit into her time, but I'll try. Secondly, I recently posted and talked about a podcast hitting 10,000 downloads. Maybe that's uncouth podcast etiquette. I don't know, I don't care. I just wanted to celebrate all the new followers, probably thanks to this amazing new season of The Tracers Australia. And the download figures, well, have doubled by the time this season of the podcast is finished, so thank you so much to everyone listening. And since I know so many of you are still absolutely fascinated by Paul from Season 1, his interview special with me is now approaching two and a half thousand views on YouTube alone. Never mind Spotify and Apple downloads and streams. Finally, I want to give a big thank you to Maria and Michael, who both donated to the podcast coffee.com page. I appreciate that so much. That's really kind of you. It truly helps me with the running of the podcast and gives me a big motivation boost too. So thank you so much. The coffee.com details are in the episode description and I'll probably mention it again at the end of the episode. So all in all, the podcast is thriving as we approach the end of the season. Good news all round. It's time to get into episode 7 and to help me do that we have a returning guest co-host on the podcast. Let's meet him. My guest co-host today is returning star Stephen Ripley. Stephen is a writer who lives in Seattle. His latest play, written with his writing partner Matthew Abergel, is Queer Spirits, an anthology of queer myths, legends and sacred tales from around the world. Stephen enjoys practicing yoga, qigong and dance, reading, cooking, nature walks and watching movies, hockey and theatre. His favorite streaming show this past year was Andor, closely followed by Poker Face, Heartstopper, and of course, The Traitors. Stephen, welcome back to The Trader. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Matthew. How are you today? I'm doing well too. I'm so happy to talk to you again. It's nice to have you back on the podcast. Thank I... you for having me. So many questions to ask you. Firstly... The season so far, how are you enjoying the season of the Traders Australia?
1: Um, this season is really interesting because it, to me, it really shows that the Traders as like a series concept is awesome because you can do season after season after season, not really change the rules that much and have a completely different season and experience every time. Yeah. Um, I could not have predicted that this season would have happened. It's been like, I've been gobsmacked so often. <laughs> uh, yes, and we'll probably be gobsmacked
0: again in this episode, which we'll get to. Um, that's a really good point, though. I think you're right. The I think the casting of the traitors is such a huge integral part of it that, that makes the season. So, yeah, the, the rules haven't really changed. The game hasn't changed much since we saw it last yet this cast is behaving in wild ways <laughs> we could not have predicted at the start of the season um very briefly uh have you seen any of traitor's new zealand which has just finished as we speak
1: i've seen a handful of episodes maybe 3 yeah yeah okay um, yeah i
0: haven't finished it I, i've seen almost the whole thing um it, it,
1: any anything you noticed about
0: it from the little that you did watch?
1: I think what I've noticed more than anything is that in the New Zealand uh episodes in the amongst the contestants, the faithful are really, really keen. They're very um they're very smart. And I I predict, I mean I have I've only seen a few episodes, but I predict that they will do well this season. That's okay. My thought. I will
0: give you no spoilers but that's uh something that I would agree with that the faithful are very observant uh and very canny in New Zealand and actually the 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 two seasons it's funny they've they've sort of broadcast at the same time because they make a very interesting comparison mm. when you look at how the <laughs> how the faithfuls have behaved I'll say no more before we get into our episode discussion then, Stephen, I'm going to introduce you to our game. I say introduce you. We, we've played it a couple of times now. I, I'm introducing the listeners to the game, in case they haven't heard us before. We are going to play the traitor, Traitor. Our goal from here on in is to tell an undetected lie to one another. A lie can be big or small, it can be about the traitors, it could be about ourselves, it could be about anything, as long as it is an utter fabrication. We're looking for fake facts, though, rather than fake opinions. For example, you could have lied and told me that actually, you have watched all of New Zealand, you haven't just watched the first few episodes. However, you couldn't lie to me by saying you've watched Traitors New Zealand and you didn't like it. That would be a fake opinion rather than a fake fact. Are you ready to play the Trader traitor again, Stephen, and betray me? You bet I am. <laughs> you have the confidence of Sam. You're channeling Sam here. <laughs> you, you you should have said you, you bet and like done guns. <laughs> pew,
1: uh, pew, pew.
0: Yeah, pew, pew, pew. In that case, I'm ready to try and betray you too. Uh, We are going to talk about episode seven of Traitors Australia season two. Let's go. We start with our recap then. We're reminded that Luke was murdered in the previous episode, which to me already feels so long ago. I can't believe it. Uh, Camille seemed to finally click that Sam must be a traitor, Blake also seems to have lost his trust in Sam, Uh, they are not working together very well by the looks of it. In the Silver mission, uh, they had this task to climb up and down this mountain with bars of silver in their backpacks. And Along the way, Sam took three silver bars uh, in exchange for things like an armory key, and a protein shake, and a glass of champagne that he threw over his shoulder. And then of course, he won the shield in the armory. In the banishment room, Blake voted for Sam, which he obviously thought was a good idea, uh, but caused a bit of conflict, and it didn't matter anyway, because The Faithful (laughs) did what the Faithful do really well in this season. They banished Simone for no apparent reason whatsoever. Uh, In Traitor's Tower, there was a Sam versus Blake showdown. They are wondering if they should recruit. And they're told by Roger that it's their last chance to do so. Sam wants to recruit. Blake doesn't want to recruit. The episode ended on a cliffhanger. And also, I want to point something out. Did you, have you noticed Sam can't seem to say the word "packed"? He keeps calling it a "pack." <laughs> have you noticed this, Stephen? I
1: haven't. I haven't noticed that. Um, probably because I'll be honest. Probably because I'm American, and <laughs> I, think, I think here we would just as we would might say "pack" as well, and okay. not think twice about it. Okay. So never I, noticed. I'm being pedantic.
0: That. You know, he said it in a previous episode as well, and I thought, did he say "pack" or pack? packed and I but then he did it again and I thought he's saying pack that's not the word anyway I'm being picky I'm picking on Sam I'm sorry so uh we had to uh we actually head back to traitor's Tower um which is unusual normally we cut straight to breakfast but this is a little bit different we are I'm gonna swear again an awful lot in this episode I'm just warning everyone right now okay <laughs> We we are less than two seconds into the episode, and my first quote from me is, oh, fuck off, because Blake immediately gives in to Sam, as I predicted he would. Um, And I think, do you know what? At this point, Sam deserves to win, because the rest of the cast just seem useless. Uh, He is so convincing that I think... Do you know, hey, credit to him. He's doing what he's supposed to do. I shouldn't really be mad at him.
1: Stephen, what are your thoughts on Sam? I really agree. You know, after the banishment of, in a row, Annabelle, Luke. No, Luke was murdered, right? Yeah, yeah. murdered. Yeah. After the banishment of Annabelle and Simone, I, I must give all credit to Sam. I mean, you know, I... He's an alpha trader. Yeah, He's the Donald Trump of traitors. Yes. So he will say anything. Um, he just steamrolls through. And I think he has a good chance of winning.
0: Uh, he, he absolutely does. And that's a great analogy, the Donald Trump of traitors. Yeah, he, he, uh, an alpha trader. That's a great way of putting it. Because I think the faithfuls think a traitor is someone very... Sneaky and who lurks in the background, and they would just never suspect it. And I suppose Sam, Sam is that in some ways. He's sneaky and conniving and clever and scheming, but he's also full of bravado and confidence. And I think they're so blinded by that that oddly, they don't think he's a
1: traitor because of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a good example is at the end of, like, during the recap of the last episode, you know, when Blake voted for him, he just turned right around. And got right in Blake's face.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and he'll do that. He'll just get in your face. He'll say anything. And he's so, um, he's so confident that at a certain point you start to think, you know, if I was there and I was a faithful, I'd start to sort of think I was going crazy. I'd be like, oh, he must maybe, wow, maybe he is a faithful. Yeah. You, because he's so, he's just that confident. Yeah. And, you know. It, as far as I can tell, it's working.
0: Yes. Yeah, it <laughs> so Sam convinces Blake to make a new pact, or a pack as he calls it. Uh, he convinces Blake they should recruit and he promises they'll stick together until the end. Uh, and I think, I mean, I always think in this show, you cannot make promises in this game to anyone at any point. You see players doing this a lot. I promise you will stick together. I promise I won't vote for you. I promise this and that. I think you, even if you sort of feel very strongly at the time about a connection with someone, you have no idea how the wind is going to blow in this game, you have no idea how things are going to change, what's going to happen in management rooms. There is no point in making promises at any point, or there's maybe I should say there's no point in believing anyone's promises at any point in this game. It's all meaningless.
1: Especially at this point, I mean, anything that anyone said to me in Trader Tower would have to be a tactic, yeah. You know, because that's all it's been so far. So why would it change now?
0: Exactly. Um, so, so it seems like they decide to go ahead and recruit then, And Roger puts an envelope under Camille's door. I mean, I say that in inverted commas. There's no way Roger's actually. Doing... <laughs> that's some runner.
1: <laughs> some or runner.
0: <laughs> Roger is out as soon as they call cut at the end of banishment. Roger's off to bed. He's with Daniel watching a movie. He's he's not hanging around to put an envelope under someone's door. Um, also, I would like to say at this point, this was my prediction at the end of the last episode. I predicted Blake would give in and they would choose to recruit Camille. Uh, so, so far my prediction is panning out. And we get this great shot of Camille picking up the envelope and just saying, you are joking me. Uh, and we sort of cut there. We don't know what's going to happen. I also noticed this is just a sort of meaningless trivial thing. I remember shots from season 1 of The Traitors. It's obviously you know it's the same place. It's this hotel, the Robertson Hotel. And I recognized the carpet because I remember um the episode where Kate is recruited and the same thing happens. She gets this note <laughs> and the it was the carpet. I thought it's it's the same carpet. It's so nostalgic. It's oh. it's bringing back Kate to me. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, we do miss Kate. Yeah. Liam arrives first at breakfast. He <laughs> is still clueless. He He's talking to himself. He says he's got to be a try to Keith, uh, looking at Keith's picture. I On one hand, I'm thinking, why? Why does Keith got to be a traitor? On the other hand, I think there's no theorizing with these people anymore. <laughs> there's, There's no rhyme or reason to anything they do. Uh, Liam says that he wants to win. I want to win. I want to find these traders. I think, good luck, babe. I'm not sure it's going to happen for you. Hannah arrives next. Uh, And then for a moment, Liam says something that could actually be worthwhile. He says, I feel like it's between Keith or Blake. And I think, well, okay, Blake, yeah, you've... It's probably just a coincidence that you've said that but, but yes i guess you're you're right one time camille comes down the stairs next and i i mean as soon as we see her coming down i just assume surely she's accepted um we don't often see anyone reject the offer of being a traitor and in the english-speaking versions anyway um a player alex and the uk version did I don't think it's happened since then. I think everyone's accepted every time. Why do you think, Stephen? People always accept, almost always accept the offer of recruitment.
1: Well, I think, I mean, if I was in that position, I would accept because it's exciting and it's kind of what the game's all about. Yeah, this is a game called The Trader, and if you get a chance to be a trader, why not go for it? Yeah. Um, and you know, one thing I've seen. Uh, really strongly in this season is that the traders really have the power yeah you know Definitely. they have the power to sort of you know um, uh, you know at one point sam says oh my little puppets and it's like well he's not wrong yeah um and so if i had the opportunity to sort of play the game in that way i'd take it, it you know it's it's exciting
0: yeah i would too and i think you're right the the players if they have any sense must realize there is an advantage to being a traitor so if you're offered it you ought to take it especially i i think you have even more of an advantage being recruited halfway through because i mean again in this game in this version of the game with this cast <laughs> it doesn't really matter um but if you've sort of cemented yourself as much as that is possible in this game as a faithful and you seem to have earned people's trust to then turn into a traitor halfway through I think is really advantageous I, th- I also kind of think I would be worried if I was offered recruitment and I said no I'm not going to do it I would be scared that the traitors would be sort of annoyed at that and they would then just kill me off anyway pretty soon uh so yeah I, I think you the wise option is to just accept um and of course we then find out that that's exactly what happened As Camille's coming down the stairs, we flash back to Traitor's Tower from the night before. She arrives without a cloak, um, which sort of caught me off guard a bit. Uh, They didn't do that in season one, like when Kate was recruited. Uh, Mm -hmm. They usually show us them arriving with the cloak on, and then they all sort of reveal at the same time. But she just arrives Ah. in her normal clothes. Uh, I'm laughing because Stephen is putting up his traitor's hood right now (laughs) Um, Although in uh, the New Zealand I don't want to spoil anything New Zealand traitors right now The same sort of things happen that they've recruited And people just turn up in whatever they're wearing And then the traitors unmask Uh, So that's what happens Masks off Camille says get out She's just so shocked Uh, She says she knew it was Blake though Or she thinks she knew it was Blake because of something that you mentioned a few minutes ago and it's something that doesn't surprise me she says because of the way Sam attacked him so quickly still in the banishment room yesterday, or whatever day it was um, she thought that was suspicious Um, and I, I thought the same when I was watching it I felt like maybe it was a bit of a misstep of Sam's to go at Blake like that but then again, like you said his confidence just seems to blind everyone so who knows uh Sam and Blake say that they they've worked it out uh they've they've sort of worked out all, all of their problems already and I just think what Blake Blake how did you go from hating Sam to to so suddenly being his best pal like I mean, how much time has passed have you been sitting here for four hours together
1: like did this what did it shock you I it it actually didn't shock me and in- It's funny, but after their last fight that we just recently saw, I think that at that point, no matter what word comes out of their mouth, probably not true. And (laughs) It's it's one of those things where I know that you know that I know that you know, (laughs) at least for the two of them. Camille may be a little different, though I'm not sure that she trusts anyone in Trader Tower either. But um, yeah, I think they're... They're saying a lot of words, but the words are kind of meaningless because I just don't think they trust each other, even yeah. if they say, something. Yeah, That's I guess
0: it's maybe just more comfortable as what for Blake to just you know, he could, he's got two options like I either go on arguing with Sam all the time, and it's clear that we hate each other not hate, but <laughs> we're mad at each other, and therefore. He's kind of likely to just turn on me. Or he's gonna have just like I'm just gonna to have to fake being friends with him, fake that I'm okay with it. That's my only option here to survive.
1: I mean, it's so interesting because uh on the one hand, if you're a faithful and things are going south in the game, then you feel like the biggest challenge is this sort of loss of uh oh, my intuition sucks. Uh I my my brain isn't working, I need a better brain. But if you're a trader, The biggest challenge, it seems, is when there's discord amongst the traders. Yeah, that's when they really start to sort of crumble a bit, because that's when they get really emotionally unsure of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so interesting.
0: Yeah, the our our new traders then, I guess. Uh, Well, the the existing traders talk to the new trader and they say that they've got this plan. They want to hide. The recruitment. They want to hide the fact that no one will have gone by the next morning, and the way they do this is by pretending that Sam was the intended murder victim, but that he'd survived because he has the shield. Um, I'm in two minds about this. At first, I thought, "Oh, this is so clever. This is," and and at this moment, I thought, "Oh, Sam is very intelligent. He's probably going to win," because I, I. I thought, no one's going to figure that out. That's actually really genius in making Sam look like a faithful. Although, then I thought again about it. And I think I mentioned this in the previous episode. I actually also think it'll look very suspicious. And this this uh, may or may not come up in the episode. Uh, will it not look suspicious that for the first time in the whole game, the traitors, whoever they are, tried to murder someone who had visited the armory. So I think maybe there is a potential flaw in Sam's plan. Uh what do you think about this tactic to pretend Sam had the shield and he was the one who was supposed to be murdered?
1: Um I think that it is flawed. Okay. Because for exactly the same reason that that you mentioned mm-hmm. is, is that it it seems it seems awfully conveniently odd mm-hmm. that they would try for someone uh, who could go to the armory and by chance actually th- that they would quote-unquote miss because they were the person who went to the armory that yeah it's kind of a double blind that i don't mm-hmm. think works
0: yeah uh the last thing that happens in this section really before we cut back to breakfast uh as we hear just a little bit from camille she's worried that now she's a traitor. She doesn't want to change her sort of behaviour too much. Her presentation, you know, the last episode or two, she's been really gunning for Sam, so she's thinking, well, how do I now address that? I can't, I can't change too swiftly, or everyone will be suspicious. Uh, so she's she's got that to figure out. Um, and as she arrives at breakfast then, and walks through the door, and as a viewer now we realise what's happened, uh, she's also worried that Sam and Blake will ash her. She's worried that they will. They have really just recruited her to very quickly turn on her. So I, I guess that's smart of her to be aware that that's a possibility. So she's got a lot to sort of juggle here. At breakfast, uh, Keith arrives next. I already at this point in my notes wrote, I'm calling it now, he'll get banished. I'm basing this off of the way we're being presented with people's dialogue, the fact that Liam walked into breakfast and the first thing he said was, you got to be a traitor, Keith, just makes me think, why did they show us Liam saying that this is going to be important? So my prediction at this point was, Keith's going to get banished tonight, already. I'm just sort of trying to read the clues of editing, I suppose. Um, Next, (laughs) I, I have to take a breath. Can we talk about Sam and the cowboy hat? Like, what? No way did he have that with him. It, surely, production have given him that fucking hat because he keeps banging on about being the sheriff.
1: Like, that, do you think that's Sam's hat? No, I don't. I think, well, I think that it might be his hat, but they may have had him. Send it in, like have it delivered or something. Yeah, because he has going on and on about being the sheriff. Plus, it's a white hat; it's not a black hat. So,
0: yeah, yeah. What, does that? Hilarious. Does this mean something significant in America if a white hat versus a black hat?
1: Yeah, I mean in the classic, like 1940 western the white hat is oh you're like a good guy uh, and the black hat is the bad guy
0: okay of course of course so and he's... that
1: actually got into the culture so much that i remember remember watching an old uh an episode of buffy the vampire slayer and they start talking about who are the white hats and who are the black hats it's like wow it's really part of the culture
0: okay so, okay yeah. i see so sam's or or production or playing into that very well i guess like give him a white hat he look like a saint
1: it's outrageous pulls <laughs> it as
0: always yes uh blake and gloria are the last two who were waiting for so everyone starts theorizing that blake is probably a traitor if he comes back then gloria arrives they're all very shocked um gloria says that she also thought blake was a traitor and this really significant moment happens because Keith gets quite upset about Blake. I was quite surprised at that, but then again, we don't see everything. We don't really see who's friends with Pooh and who's close. Uh, I just didn't know that Keith and Blake particularly got on that well. But Liam spots it and immediately thinks it's fake. He thinks this is suspicious and Keith is pretending to cry. However, <laughs> Blake then walks through the door... <laughs> Sarah literally screams like she's been stabbed. (laughs) Everyone is elated, they're jumping up, they're so happy that no one's been murdered. Blake does this sort of fake apology to Sam for the benefit of everybody else. He apologizes for voting for him last night at banishment. Um, So I I don't know how believable, well, it must be believable, no one seems to question it. But then we cut to Blake and his sort of confessional, his MIV, his main, main interview, he says that actually he still doesn't really trust Sam, but I guess like we said before, he just thinks he can't win any other way but by going along with Sam. Uh, so he's he's bluffing all around. He's bluffing to the faithfuls and he's trying to bluff to his fellow traitor.
1: You know, it's he- a little bit it's a little bit interesting that they don't talk about it much, but because of Sam's confidence and his sort of in-your-face quality that he's so good at, I often have wondered while watching if some of the other players are not a little bit frightened of him. Yeah. Like they're kind of like, you know, they're wary of him. They're Mm -hmm. wary of him is probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, um, And I think that Blake, more than anyone, really feels that right now because, as you say, I think he kind of knows, boy, I've got to make good with Sam or I'm not going to win this game yeah because he sees that you know he could be the first trader out yeah so, that, we'll see, but yeah
0: that that makes sense to me yeah uh, Keith says this line at this point and it's it's difficult to hear and I tried to sort of rewind and he listen over but he, he sort of hesitates and I think somebody talks over him but he says something like he's talking to Blake and he says it's good you arrived late because I cried. And now everyone will know I didn't try to murder you. Um, and I, the fact that they show us this line, um, even though it's a little bit mumbled, makes me think, again, that's significant. Why have they let us hear that? It, it feels like Keith maybe just made himself look like quite an obvious traitor. Um, and again, I think Liam picks up on it. Uh, and thinks it's very odd that Keith would say something so overt like that. Sarah then asks, has there been a recruitment? So at least she's come up with that possibility. (laughs) And Liam, I don't understand this. Liam immediately goes, no, they would have tried to murder Sam. And everyone just goes, oh, yeah. And I think, why is that the conclusion they've come to? I I still don't understand it. Like, why? Yeah. I mean, have you got any thoughts? I can't understand why they just instantly go, oh no, 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 it's because Sam was almost murdered. That's why.
1: Why is yeah, that their only made, conclusion? It made no sense to me because the the to me, the obvious conclusion is there was a recruitment. Yeah. Um and uh later, as we see, to be fair, one of the players does begin to figure this out yeah. and talk it through. But um yeah, I, I I couldn't fathom the logic. Um, at I, I guess it seemed clear to them, but I, yeah. I it didn't seem clear to me. So, I suppose
0: now that I think about it, maybe it's just the fact that there haven't been any recruitment so far, and at no point has Roger mentioned it to them. So recruitment isn't really on their mind. And the fact that the normally recruitment happens right after a traitor's been banished. Mm-hmm. But that isn't the case this time. So maybe just the fact that well, they they still ha- they they got rid of one traitor, like five episodes ago. So maybe that contributes to them just assuming that recruitment is off the table. So 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 maybe that's why some a a, a murder attempt gone wrong is the only so- obvious solution. So 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 maybe it's just that.
1: It could be, but you know, as we said earlier sam everyone knows went to the armory yeah i could see that i could see in a gameplay of the game that later in the game like very late in the game as a trader you would need to take that risk at some point because as the numbers get fewer you really have to look at that but the numbers aren't that few yet so why would they chance it so i don't know
0: yeah i agree uh in fact, the next note that I've taken is that Gloria does raise a point about the Armoury, and she, thank God, asks, why would traitors go for someone who visited? And Keith Keith says, oh, they probably decided to just take a one in five chance. But I, I my giant capital letters note here is, why does no one think this is suspicious? <laughs> they just don't seem to question it. Uh, Liam being Liam again says, "I know you're not try to write to Sam, and I just, I just, I don't know why he's so confident in that. He's been saying it every episode. Sam's my bestie. Trust Sam, hundred percent. I would bet my house on Sam being faithful. I, I don't know why. I, I understand Sam's charming and charismatic, but Liam has blind faith in him. Uh, it's startling to me." So Keith then says, This narrows the pull down substantially because you're not one. And he points at Sam, you're not one, and he points at Blake. And again, I just think, Have I missed something? Why does Keith? Where's this coming from? I, I don't know. Uh, Liam then suggests, again, in front of everyone, that Keith could be the traitor. And Keith gets really angry about this. Like he is like you can see him physically getting annoyed by that. Like he's really irritated that someone suggested that he could be a traitor. And I, I think that's a bit hypocritical. I think Keith he can't really get that annoyed. A, it's a game, and at some point you're all going to get accused of something. But I thought you, you've quite happily accused other people and then got them banished.
1: Uh so <laughs> I don't think you can be offended when someone questions you at some point. Um, I wondered, I was actually wondering at this point myself, I wondered, gee, I wonder if this is the first time in the game anyone has accused Keith. And he might have been just kind of blindsided by it and been yeah. like, what, 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 you know. So that was the feeling I got is that maybe he just hasn't been in the crosshairs before. before yeah, so
0: Probably, yeah. Mm. He
1: had a reaction, you know, he had yeah. an emotional reaction.
0: Yeah. Uh, Roger arrives and he gives them this sort of gobbledygook speech about how something happened last night, but the nature of what happened is vague and he can't really tell them what happened. So they all just continue to assume their theory they've come up with. They assume, oh yeah, it's, uh, the traitors tried to murder Sam and it didn't work. Um... Sam then speaks in his confessional and he says everything is going perfectly to plan and I guess it is. He also reminds us Blake took a shot at him and missed and he says he'll take a shot at Blake with a tank. Uh, So that makes us think, oh, he's going to turn on Blake at some point soon. But again, I sort of think that maybe Blake deserves it. Uh, uh, Maybe... Well, I, I was going to say maybe Blake deserves it for being daft enough to trust Sam, but he doesn't really trust Sam. He's pretending to trust Sam, so maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Blake here.
1: I before we move the, on, the note that I wrote is Sam does not like to be betrayed.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. He's he's I mean, got he- quite an ego. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, he he enjoys betraying, but he does not like being betrayed.
0: (laughs) Absolutely not. Not having it. Before Uh, we move on to the Silver Mission, there's just sort of a a question in my mind that that occurred in this breakfast scene. Um, So I thought I'd ask your opinion on it. I wonder, because we've never seen it in an episode, I don't think, in any of the versions I've watched, what actually does happen for real if what if the traitors really did target someone who had the shield for murder? Like, we don't actually know how that would play out on on TV. So I wonder, would would the victim be told, oh, you were almost the murder victim tonight, but you've got the shield, you're safe. Like, would Roger sort of knock at their door and tell them this? Or um does it all sort of happen off camera? Does it get revealed at breakfast the next day when the faithfuls arrive? And that's... moment roger tells them and maybe that's the moment the traitors find out that their murder didn't work because everyone walks through the door like we it's never come up so we we don't know yet what it would look like if that happened like how do you think they would show us that on screen
1: i think the you you um sort of laid out what i think probably the scenario would be my i imagine They would take the letter, give it to the person with the shield. We would Mm -hmm. see that. And the person with the shield would be all like, ha, ha, ha. And they would show (laughs) it. And then the next morning, no one knows, including the traders, so that you get that sort of shock and awe and how well can the traders hide their surprise or disappointment. Um, Of course they will do that because, you know, the traders really do have a lot of power in this game. And the shield is there. To give the faithful a one-up, and this is one of the scenarios where, you know, it can it gives the power to the faithful. Yeah. So I yeah. Think that's kind of why it's there. Um, yeah. Because um, that's why powers... I, I'm I'm very much a supporter of the armory. Um, okay. And i think this is, Well, I think <laughs> this, is the, this is the reason why is because it does give the faithful a little bit of a stick to sort of um, push the boulder in the trader's direction for a change.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree with that. I think the, the faithful need something. I sort of think, why don't they just give them... You know, they do these missions where you can win your way into the armory. I actually think, just give everybody a shield in. Just give five or six of them a shield, uh, rather than just one. And then they pretend they've all got, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to get it again. <laughs> so on to the silver mission. Uh, this is similar to um, one of the tasks in New Zealand, actually, a little bit, uh, because the, the, in New Zealand, there, there's a mission there where some of the players are kidnapped and the others have to go and rescue them. So Sarah mm-hmm. and Hannah are prisoners in padlocks, uh, which we we just sort of... Find them that way. We don't really show them how they got how they got there. It's, it's a little bit disarming. Um, the others have to find keys by following a map to a bunch of barrels. They then have to roll the barrels towards an axe, which is on a chain. Smash the barrels open, get some keys. Roger tells them it's a silver only challenge, which implies uh, there's there's no shield or armory key on offer at this point, and there is thirty thousand dollars available. The players have to like approach the captives, Sarah and Hannah, for instructions because the captives can see the map inside the room they're in uh, at, <laughs> at the start of the mission. <laughs> there's a great moment from Sarah. Uh, the faithful, or not the faithful, the, the the sort of key hunters approach the captives. The captives give them instructions. They jog off and Sarah just goes, we have fucked <laughs> It made me laugh so much. Um, She's pretty useless at finding traitors, but she's good at delivering some comedic one-liners. I noticed something during this mission. Um, I noticed that I, I, I guess I've talked about this before, but it felt very apparent to me this time. I feel like I don't really need to pay attention during the missions, not because Sometimes they're quite fun to watch, um, and they're funny, um, or they, they, there's some action going on that you want to see. But I feel like I don't need to pay attention to like the timer in the corner of the screen because I think they always win, or they always win at least something. Like I don't, I sort of just noticed very obviously for the first time here, there isn't really much jeopardy in these challenges. They always tend to make it to the finish line right at the last second, or they win tens of thousands of dollars anyway. So it, it doesn't ever really feel to me like... Um, once or twice there have been all or nothing missions, but it doesn't happen that often. And even when there are all or nothing challenges, they win it all. So I, I don't know if you feel that way.
1: Um. I, yes, I do. And this to me, I mean, I wrote... Here's my note. Most boring challenge ever. (laughs) And The reason that I wrote that when it was done was it was an easy one to win. mm -hmm. And I think it was an easy one to win maybe because they were trying to help the contestants build up their pot. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. gave them kind of an easy one. There were some amusing things about the challenge, but it was not a challenge that really, as you say, had any kind of jeopardy. Um, it was nothing like the challenge last season where they were on the bridge where the trapdoors were falling. Yeah, I mean yeah. that was an exciting challenge to watch. Yeah, because it really, it was it was it it gave us something really interesting. You know, here the most funny thing that happened was that sarah gave hannah a massage <laughs> yeah and and screamed
0: in her ear we've only got minutes left and then hannah says i'm not gonna have my fucking hearing left if you keep that up <laughs> so again some comedy but yeah i like the the mission you refer, refer to in season one where they have the trap doors on the bridge it's kind of like fun to watch because you get the moment of them falling through, but also the, there's the chance they could actually fail the whole thing. They, they might not make it across all of those squares with the amount of players they had. So they really could have just won nothing there. And that felt like there genuinely was
1: a chance of that happening, but... Um, the real, yeah, I mean, the real, the moment of sort of expertise in this challenge was can Hannah give them the proper direction yeah. and can they do it? other than that it was pretty easy yeah uh, it, it seemed to me that was my take on it yeah um,
0: I, I agree
1: um, i also laughed a lot at the very end when they were the women had in the cabin had to break the break the door and then push all the <laughs> silver out one by one which was, hey. I mean, was visual um I,
0: I i wrote about that as well because i I've just written, why do Hannah and Sarah have to throw the silver bars out one by one? It's so weird. So I don't know if they were told to do that, or if they just chose to do that. And again, there is no way these challenges finish when they say they finish. These timers are BS. Like They they count down to zero perfectly every time. I just do not believe it. And it's actually, laugh at this point, it's so ridiculous that it happens every time that I just think this is very clearly fake. Um, not, yeah, it annoys me a little. No, annoys me. It just makes me think I don't really care about this part.
1: Let me tell you just briefly, if I can, I've been watching the Dutch version of the show, mm-hmm. and I just watched an episode of it where they gave the people a challenge where they, the, the people who were involved in the challenge went to different parts of the city and they were each given a task to do. If three out of four of them completed the task, they won the silver. If only two out of four of them completed the task, they didn't win. So three out of four. But the things that they had to do were like, plunge in an ice bath for two minutes, find your way through a black underground corridor, climb a climbing wall mountain, or get a tattoo. (gasps) No, I mean, this really, I mean, it was a I couldn't take my eyes off the challenge because it was like, who's going to do what? Who's going to succeed? These were hard things to do. Yeah, that is a challenge that that type of level of um, you know, suspense I have never seen on any other show. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's very interesting.
0: Yeah. So, all in all, my thoughts on the traitors in general is I still think the missions are the part of the show that I would change the most. I, I love Banishment Room and how that all works, and recruitment and murder. I just think the challenges, yeah, are the least effective part of the traitors that do have, there's potential there to do something that creates more tension, but I, I they feel like a bit of a they feel a bit throwaway sometimes. Agreed. After the mission then, uh and they've won all of their silver bars in the nick of time, um, they were in the cars and we're heading off to another mission straight away this time. It's the SHIELD mission. I wonder why they have a mix in this season between some episodes being SHIELD missions some episodes being Head to the Armoury. Uh, I don't know why they didn't pick one or the other. Uh, it feels, And I like the S.H.I.E.L.D. missions as opposed to the Armoury, but I, I don't know why they have a mix between them. It just sort of struck me here.
1: I, 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 I It's been working for me pretty well, because it seems to me it adds a little bit of tension. Um, so you don't know from day to day, yeah. oh, it's going to be an Armoury day, or a gold and armoury day, and going back and forth, I thought, I think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, I get that That does make sense. It's, it's a bit more unpredictable for the players, I suppose. Yeah. They don't know what's coming. Yeah. Uh, in the cars, then, uh, we have one car with Keith, Blake, Hannah and Camille, and their discussion seems to be revolving around Liam, mainly because he didn't vote out Ash way back in Episode 2. And then he seemed to be leading forward the banishment of Simone. So that makes them think there's something fishy going on here. Uh, Camille's quite happy because she's going under the radar at this point. No one seems to be suspecting her or noticing that she's behaving any differently. In the other car, we have Sarah, Gloria, Liam and Sam. And they're talking about Keith and Blake. Uh, Liam's going in hard on Keith and the crying thing at breakfast. And Sam reiterates in his confessional that Blake means nothing to him, which we already know. We then get to the S.H.I.E.L.D. mission. Uh, Sam uh, continues in his interview sort of plotting. His plan is he's going to get Keith out tonight and then Blake next time. And from what we know of Sam so far, I think, yeah, you probably are going to do that. (laughs) Um, The mission then is this axe throwing challenge. It's it's pretty much like the previous shield mission. Instead of fiery arrows, it's axes now. You uh, they have to hit. There's there are pictures of the different players. You have to hit a picture with two axes, uh, or any two people can hit it with an axe uh, to eliminate someone. And we start working our way through them one by one. Blake aims for Keith straight away. It misses. A Sam says this quite disconcerting thing. He says, I've been throwing axes at trees my whole life. <laughs> I'm like, my immediate reaction is, um, psychopath? Uh, why, why, Sam? Have you been throwing axes at trees? Um, maybe he is from a family of lumberjacks. I don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm curious, do you have a axe throwing, um, like, sort of gaming facility in, uh, Glasgow,
0: I, I think there is one in Glasgow. Yeah, and there's one in Edinburgh. Yeah, so it's 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 becoming a thing here that people go and do for yeah. fun. Yeah,
1: we don't have one though. I think there might be one in Portland, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd, I might enjoy trying it. It looks fun, but it yeah. looks hard to do. Yeah, um, looks like it
0: would take a few practices to get the hang of it. Um, and actually, I was going to talk a little bit about this. I, I predict the. I, I, well, I think back to season one, I interviewed Dirk, who was a contestant on the show, and I talked to Dirk about some of the challenges. And Dirk said, it, we were talking about one specific challenge. I can't remember which one, but he said, oh, you know, we do trial runs. He says we they do let us practice a couple of times. So I think that probably applies to most of the missions. So I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll give them a go of the axes a few times to get the hang of it. And then they'll say, right, we're going to do it for real now. Cameras rolling, let's do it. So, I, you know, I, they'll probably have half an hour, an hour to, to give it a go and see how it feels. Otherwise, they could be there forever. <laughs> and and they must they must need like safety, some oh. person on set to be like, here's how you don't throw an axe at someone's face. Let's all be careful, please. So then you notice,
1: much- I mean, they were far away from those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a axe throwing's dangerous. Yeah. So you yeah. have like a wide space. So. Yeah. Fun to watch, though. I liked it.
0: Yeah, it's good fun. Uh, Sam, after revealing that he likes to uh, throw axes at trees, he hits Hannah's block, uh, and he says that she's... Well, he says she's the smartest player in the game right now, and that's why he's targeting her. I think A, wouldn't be hard to be the smartest player in the game. (laughs) And B, how? I think, why is Hannah the smartest player? Don't you remember what she did in the last two banishment rooms? Um, I I don't know what the evidence is for Hannah being a smart gameplay. I mean, I'm sure she's a very smart person. I just don't think she's playing the game well. Um, so I, I don't know where Sam's coming from there. Uh, I
1: was actually I have a note here that well, of course he didn't tell anyone at the time why he threw the axe at Sarah. But if I was playing that game at this point and someone immediately threw an axe at me, I'd be like, why did you do that? Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit sus, but, you know, no one's brought it. In. No one ever brings it up, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Uh,
0: Keith manages to hit, you know, and all my notes say things like, Keith hits Sam, Sam hits Hannah. Obviously, I don't mean they actually attack them with an axe. Um, Keith hits Sam's block. Sam's pissed about this. Uh Roger sort of reads them to filth for how bad they all are at this. Um again, to be honest, come on Roger. If you've never done this before, it probably is quite difficult. Blake is the first to be eliminated from the game. Liam's next. Then Gloria, then Camille. And then Hannah is eliminated. Although did you notice something a bit odd about how her how that that t- basically Keith there's already one axe in the block with Hannah on it. Keith throws a second one. It doesn't actually land on it. It it hits the first axe and then falls to the ground, but they count that as a hit. I thought that was a bit unfair. I, uh, I
1: wondered if it was part of the rules, that if you throw and you hit the axe, yeah. maybe that's that, officially that, part of the rules.
0: Yeah, maybe I, it's so hard to hit it perfectly and make it lodge in that at least if you just hit it and it still falls, they'll, they'll count it, I guess. It just didn't make for a great... TV shot. I thought they could have faked, they could have just taken another shot for the sake of the camera, and anyway.
1: I agree.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, Keith then eliminates Sam, which means that Keith wins the shield, uh, but I've written uh, in my notes in brackets, but is prob's going to be banished later anyway, so utterly inconsequential?
1: <laughs> I also <laughs> wanted to. I wanted to. It's so true. And I also, there was a funny line here when they first walk up and they look at the targets and they have their little, cute little photos. Uh, Blake had a line where he says an aside to someone and says, I, I look like an 18th century philosopher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've
0: just had a thought as well about this shield. You know, keep, if someone wins the shield but they don't get to see the benefit of it because they end up banished. I think they should put something in place where they are, they're allowed to pass it on to someone. So I think if you've got the shield, but you end up banished before nighttime, Roger should say, you have the shield, you can now choose to pass it on. I think that that would make better use of it rather than just, oh, well, the shield was pointless this episode.
1: I think uh, that's awesome because it gives a l- another little unexpected layer of power to the faithful yeah. where a faithful can take it and give it to someone. And if they're someone who couldn't go in the armory. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't work on this episode because it was a shield only mm-hmm. challenge, but if you, if you could do it in any situation, um, and it's, it's dramatic because someone might actually then accidentally give it to a traitor.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It could be fun.
1: So I, I love that. That's mm-hmm. great.
0: We're back in the cars after the mission then. Uh, Keith feels very confident he'll be fine at banishment. And he says he feels okay because I'm not a traitor. I think, hello, Keith. Have you been watching the show so far? (laughs) Not being a traitor doesn't do anything for you in the banishment room. (laughs) Have you been present thus far? Uh, Hannah then speaks since for the first time in the seven episodes we've seen. And she's, thank God, she says... It seems weird that Sam was the target for murder when he was the most likely person to to probably be banished next. And I think, yes, yes, Hannah, you're getting there. Uh, And then but Camille is present at this moment, so she chips in, she's going to kind of throw things off, and she says, maybe the traitors are just trying to confuse us. So she's desperate for Hannah not to be on the right track. Um, But we cut then to Hannah in her confessional and she continues to speak a bit of sense and she starts theorising and she says Sam could be a traitor, just pretended he was the intended murder victim and maybe there was a recruitment. And I think if only Annabelle and Luke were still here, they could have put some weight behind this. But whose fault is that? Whose fault is that that they aren't around?
1: Well, it's Uh, it's a glimmer of hope, isn't it? Yes. That, uh, maybe they'll get there in the end. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> We'll see, we'll see. We're back at the hotel. Uh, Blake is talking about banishing Liam. Sam's not having it, because Liam's kind of Sam's un- unknowing sidekick. Um, he knows that Liam is blindly faithful to him, so he needs to keep him around. So Sam moves into action. He gathers his traitors together and he tells them they need to go for Keith tonight. Um P.S. Sam is still wearing that goddamn cowboy hat. <laughs> and also, and I mean it's kind of obvious now because we've talked about it a lot. Sam is scarily manipulative. Um he tells he tells Blake. I mean, we know he's convincing and he's charming and he's persuasive, but I've used the word manipulative because there's something very devious about the way he does these things. He says to Blake, Look, um, if you he says, if you if we agree to banish Keith, um, then this'll prove this'll prove how much I've got your back. Sam is saying to Blake, You know that some people are trying to get you tonight. I'm helping I'm doing you a big favor here. I'm veering people away from you. So, you know, I, i'm I'm doing something really worthwhile here and you should be
1: thankful for that uh, Blake I, I have the words written down here for the same moment uh manipulating slash threatening Blake yeah I mean in a side a sideways fashion and yeah. Blake cannot be cannot be unaware of it, yeah you know it's a it's quite a it's quite a moment. It's the first moment when I was kind of like, woo, I would not want to get on Sam's bad side. Yes. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> and again, it's, it's, we should probably be, maybe we should be giving credit to Sam and saying, well, do you know what? He's playing the game really well. That's what he's supposed to do. But I also just sort of look at Keith and think, you know that just appeasing Sam is not going to work for the rest of the game. Like at some point, you're gonna to have to fight fire with fire. <laughs> you you can't just go along with everything he says. It's not going to go your way in the end. I think well,
1: I do give I mean, I do give Sam total cred for it because this is the persona that he's choosing to play for this game. Yeah. And he's being very, very, as we've said it time and again, he's being very confident. And this is how he does it. I mean, I use words like threatening, but it's how he's playing this game. Yeah. And at this point, there is no one else on the playing board who can match him. Yeah. No, so, you know, that's that's how it's going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why and, I think he may well win.
0: Yeah. And the reason that Blake doesn't want to turn on Keith is because he thinks that Keith is an ally. But yet again, yeah. Blake Blake is bulldozed by Sam and sort of seems to reluctantly agree with this plan. Because Sam gets what Sam wants. <laughs> um, if I was if I I mean, assuming Sam is straight man, if I was a woman watching this show, I would never want to go near this man. <laughs> I would think this is the ultimate red flag. like this guy's terrifying. Like, and I know it's just a game, but I would sort of think, is this revealing something about this man in general? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, you know, it's so interesting cuz just a moment later Camille really she has a little interview and she kind of puts it all in perspective when she kind of shrugs and says there's no honor among thieves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she sees that very clearly and she states it right up front and that's, you know, how how at this point all the traders are playing the game. Yeah. There's no honor among thieves and that's just, you know, it's so interesting because I w- I've been telling you in this episode about that Dutch season I just watched of uh, Davaradas, um, that I, I don't want to spoil it too much. But it was an example, without giving away too much, of a bunch of a tr- of a group of traders who are very faithful to one another, yeah. which I had never seen before in any other season mm-hmm. of the traders, you know, in any – other flavor of it, so it's interesting to contrast the way that people choose to group together or not socially, and so there you have it, you yeah know. yeah
0: uh camille yeah you you mentioned that she talks in her interview she says that Sam is the most persuasive and charming player, but that she knows she cannot trust him, so she she yeah, she gets it. And I think at this point that Camille please take him out before the game ends. I And maybe I shouldn't think that because I'm, maybe I should just be supporting Sam and thinking he's playing amazingly. He's just so smug it's so difficult to watch. <laughs> uh, Hannah talks to Sarah and Liam and Gloria and Keith. Um, they're sitting outside I think at this point. And she tells them this theory she's got about Sam. Uh, at That Sam, it's a weird that he had the shield and it's weird that they've all jumped to the conclusion that he was the possible murder victim. And and Keith jumps in as well and even mentions yes, it would be weird if for the first time in the whole game the traitors tried to murder someone who'd been to the armory. And it, again, there's a glimmer of hope here because I think, yes, they're figuring it out. They're banding together. But also, I know at this stage this is all meaningless. And I already new at this point i i've written here they will not banish sam i i he's just too good and we've seen it too many times already that sam is uh, I, and i don't even know how he does it sometimes he's just a master at escaping the spotlight so despite this little chat here i just think this isn't going to work They they just seem so under his spell that it doesn't matter what evidence they've got against him he will talk them out of it.
1: I wonder too, if they're starting to feel, uh, what's the word? They're kind of, uh, crestfallen yeah. because they have, in this conversation, they have some good ideas, you know, like Gloria says it has to come like a blind side. And it's like, exactly. And if you do that, it will work, but then they don't do it. Yeah. But they have the thoughts to do it, but I think they're feeling a little shy and crestfallen and, oh, we've, you know, we're the gang, they're the gang that can't shoot straight. Yeah. You know, they just can't quite seem to find a traitor. Yeah, And so they feel unsure of themselves. And uh, wow, yeah, I feel sorry for them. Yeah. You know, must be difficult.
0: There, it comes up more than once in this season, the idea of a blind side. The, the faithfuls think we have someone in mind let's go in there and no matter what we're going to vote for that person but maybe we won't talk about it and every time it falls apart um which is so frustrating to watch although sam a way back um in episode one or two sam seemed to have it figured out that he he had this sort of code in the banishment room uh because there was it must have been episode one that he wanted to get ash out straight away or maybe it was too and he'd spoken to Annabelle and someone else about it. They were going to go in and they were going to kind of blindside Ash, but in the room, Sam could read that it wasn't going to work. So we get shots of him looking at Annabelle and just shaking his head as if to say, you know, abort the plan. I feel like the faithful need, need that sort of thing. They need to agree amongst themselves a code, right? I'll. Rub my right ear if we're going to go ahead and vote for that that person. I'll rub my left ear if, I'll, if we should abandon it. And we'll all make sure we look at each other. They need something because they have these plans and they go into that room and everyone changes their mind and no one knows what anyone else is thinking. And it just always goes awry.
1: Someone comes up with an entirely new name and then everyone jumps on the bandwagon yeah, yeah. and then it fails. That's <laughs> yes. happened, what, like four times this season? Yeah. <laughs> um
0: Sarah, uh just just to sort of finish off this this part, Sarah also agrees that Sha- that's the way that Sam showed off his shield was maybe a bit show-offy. Um and even Liam for a moment seems to think, whoa maybe there's something in this. Maybe Sam's not what I thought. And then Liam says, I need a bigger brain for this. And I think, <laughs> Liam, that might be the case here. Yeah.
1: Uh, I have written next to that, ha ha, because <laughs> it was just very funny. It was a funny moment. He was so like, ah, this game. Oh, poor, poor Liam.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Gloria has this line about it having to be a blind side but I sort of know that it's not going to happen. Hannah even notices how cool and calm and collected Sam always is, which uh, is probably true and probably a very good observation to make. Sam's meanwhile still doing a sheriff talk. I I just can't bear it. (laughs) It's admirable, but I can't bear it. (laughs) So we arrive at the banishment room then. Roger talks to the players about... Revising their assumptions, revisiting people that maybe they haven't even considered. I wonder, is he gearing them towards Sam? Um, or is this just generic chatter that actually could apply to anyone? Blake offers to start off the discussion. Uh, and I think, oh god, what are you about to say? He says that he changed his mind about an hour ago, and he says maybe someone has kept him close. Deliberately, and he's been blind to it. And he suggests that Keith could be the traitor. Um, and Keith is saying, "I was really upset at breakfast. I couldn't have faked that. I'm not that good an actor. I'm not an actor at all." Um, Liam it, it comes back at that and refutes it. Says, "No, no, you could you could have just been acting. You might just be an amazing traitor. We don't know what to believe. I, I don't I don't think you really were upset." Keith then suggests that Blake could be a traitor um because of what he's just said and he's right <laughs> uh, he says that he was going to go for sam but now he's changed his mind and then gloria does the same she says yes i know i'm looking at blake <laughs> so she's drifted away from sam in fact sometimes it seems like sam actually doesn't even need to do anything unless unless he did speak and they've just cut it out of the edit but it feels like the Faithfuls do Sam's job for him a lot of the time. They talk themselves out of voting for him.
1: And, and it, I agree. I, 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 this season, it has seemed to me that time and again, Sam does have his 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 smooth, confident character. And also, he's been lucky. He's been lucky because time and again, he doesn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. The Faithfuls just talk themselves into another direction, and we watch them do it. And we squirm in our seats, and mm-hmm. um you know, it's happened so many times, yeah so yeah
0: yeah the the momentum so often is with Sam going into that room, and then it just all falls apart
1: and- for instance, would his gameplay stand up against the keenness of the New Zealand faithfuls? I'm not sure it would
0: no, yeah, I think you're you're probably right. I think this group of faithfuls doubt themselves so much, so often that they can't seem to make a decision that they stick to no matter what. Uh, yeah, they're, they're too pliable. Blake uh, sort of starts to talk. I couldn't I, at this point. It's difficult to even follow what he's saying. I, I've just written that he starts talking about Liam, amongst other things. I've actually found it really tough to keep up with what he was getting at here. Hannah um, brings up this point about the armory that we've spoken about several times. She says, why would the traitors try and murder someone who potentially had the shield? And that this takes off a little bit, Gloria chips in, Sarah sort of chimes along, um, and I think for a moment, oh, maybe Sam is back in the running. And Gloria says, well, it's between Blake and Sam for me. The whole time I notice. Uh, Camille doesn't seem to be part of any of this. She just seems to be saying nothing. And again, she may have said plenty, but they've just cut it all out. But from what we see, she's saying nothing. There's so many shots of her silently just staring around the table and just absorbing everything. Of course, this is a totally new experience for her. This This is her first banishment as a traitor. So she probably is really confused about how to play this. Um... I, again, we're we're obviously being shown a careful edit too to create a storyline that maybe isn't actually there.
1: It is, um, but I actually had written down two or three times during my notes that I think that Camille played a really good trader game today. Um, yeah. As soon as she got in the role, she realized, I need to step back a little bit and just kind of float through this and see what happens today. And yeah. whereas on the other hand, Blake... Has been playing very hard today and been talking a lot, kind of to the point where I've I kind of felt like he needed to pull back. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it all goes, but um, yeah, I think Camille's done well,
0: yeah, yeah. So it's time for the voting to begin. I, I, (laughs) I just dread these votes now. I just it gets to this point, and sometimes. When you're watching the traitors this is an exciting moment this is the moment where you think they're gonna do it they're gonna get faith. they're gonna get a traitor sorry but now in this season i just think here we go again who are they going to kick out this time (laughs) so the votes come in Uh, sam of course he votes for keith that was his plan all along and he's he's going along with the crowd um who think that they well they think that sam's just going along with them but i think they are going along with Sam's master plan. Uh, Hannah, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, as I'm watching the episode, I, I'm typing my notes and I'm writing down, right, who's voting next, who they're about to vote for, and I naively preempted who, so I wrote down Hannah's name and I just, I just typed Sam. I'm right, going to vote for Sam. And then she turns her slate over and she's voted for Liam. What? <laughs> What alternate universe have I landed in? Like, how did that happen? How did Hannah change from Sam to Liam all of a sudden? Like, I, I, I'm like, is, does Sam have supernatural powers? Is he
1: a witch? How, how does this happen? I'm sorry. I, I had I wrote down. Did we miss part of the edit? Because I didn't see in the edit of the banishment room chat. I saw no indication that she was going to go for Liam. None yeah. whatsoever. I didn't get it at all.
0: Me neither. Uh, and then on to Liam. He votes for Keith, which is not really a surprise. He was going for Keith from the beginning of the episode, and Liam generally does what Sam does. Gloria votes for Blake, which on one hand, you think, oh, at least she's figured it out. On the other hand, I think no one else is voting for Blake, so this is pointless. <laughs> Keith votes for Liam. Camille votes for Keith. Roger lets us know that at this point, if Keith gets one more vote, he'll be gone. And of course, the next vote is Blake, and he votes for Keith. Uh, So we know Keith's going to go. Sarah still has to vote. She turns over her slate. She's also voted for Keith. And before we get to Keith's actual banishment, I I noticed something else here. Sarah... Said, she turns over her slate it's Keith's name and she says you would make a phenomenal traitor and I notice they do this a lot they they say oh you would be such a good traitor and I, I don't understand that why that's a reason to vote for someone like, and because I, I don't even know what it means are they saying you're such an unlikely choice from the producers or are they saying you'd be a really good actor? or are, and and why do any of those mean that the person would be a traitor anyway? I, I just don't understand what it means when they say you i'm voting for you because i think you'd make a great traitor what well, i it just baff it, it frustrates me i just think that's not that's not a reason to vote for someone because i don't even know what it means
1: well if i was sitting there and someone said that to me and voted for me in the in the circle i would want more information Um, I'd be like, well, why did you do that? Why do you think I'd be a good trader? Um, And um, yeah, so if they don't, if they don't like, I don't know that Sarah. I don't know that we saw her in the edit giving any reason for wanting to vote for Keith. So I just my hands are in the air. I don't know what's in her head because we haven't heard it. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If if it was me, if someone had said to me, "Matthew, I'm voting for you because I think you'd make a great trader," I'd think, well. What do, you, do you mean because you think i'm a good liar <laughs> or yeah. do you mean you think producers would have chosen me because of something about me as a person I like I, I just think what a strange reason to vote for someone because you think theoretically you would be good in this role rather than saying oh i i heard you say this thing or i noticed this thing about your behavior and that's made me suspicious of you. It's, I, I, it frustrates me.
1: Well, but, it's interesting. Because it brings up the whole idea of what you see when you're a player in the game inside of it and what we see as viewers. Yeah. We we see all the sides of everybody's character. Whereas if you're inside of the game, all that you see is kind of what you get every day. Yeah. You know. So for instance, here's a good thing. I've been one I wanted to mention is that very very strongly in this season and we've we haven't seen it much before sam is both playing to his fellow contestants and he's playing to us yeah so we we see the two sides of his character so to speak very clearly and he's he's really like you know there are times when he's all but twirling his mustache like in an old melodrama going, ha ha ha, I'm a traitor. But inside of the game, you never see that, you know? So that must be, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big challenge of the game is how do you, how do you sort of break through the, the fog of mystery to actually see someone's real character? Must be hard to do, I imagine. Yeah. And yet, people they rely on their intuition, as Sarah is at this moment, to say, "I think you'd make a great trader," even if they aren't really sure why. Yeah. They just say it anyway. You know, it's just it's a shot in the dark.
0: <laughs> uh, so Keith has been banished. I. It feels bad to say this, but I kind of don't feel that sorry for him. Like, I mean, I'm annoyed that the Faithfuls have messed up again, but I I, I can't quite forgive Keith for how he spoke to Annabelle and Simone. So, sorry, not sorry, Keith. Keith stands up. He, he actually gives this great speech that makes for very good viewing. He says, there is something I've been lying to you all about. And he tells them, his real background he says i was an undercover cop for 20 years tells them he's this best-selling author one of australia's most decorated police officers which is weird because no no one knows who the hell he is (laughs) and he he says this funny thing though he says i lied to you about that but i didn't lie about everything else including my life my career my family and i think well actually you did lie about your career so that's not true (laughs) and he says Nor did I lie about being a faithful. And off he goes and we get all our shots of Liam just looking confused as ever and despondent as ever and they just all realise what they've done. Well, Blake and Sam already knew what they'd done and Camille. Roger speaks to them, he tells them there will be another murder tonight, and tells them they cannot afford to do this again, even though they probably will do this again. We're off to Traitor's Tower then for the end of the episode. They are, first of all, the the three Tracers are really shocked at Keith's background and everything that they just found out about him, and Sam says, well, he's not a very good investigator, which is true <laughs> in this case, um, and Blake is really gleeful about the fact that he managed to turn Keith's vote around in the room, so he's kind of quite proud of himself here. Camille points out there are only four faithful left and it just makes me think at this point, and th- th- we still have two episodes left, but I think there is no way the faithful are going to win this game now. I can't see it. Uh, the, faithful, to, the faithful would have to band together all vote for the same person and a traitor would need to turn on their own for sure to get at least one of the others banished i i can't fathom the faithful winning this season already at this point um it's it's weird to see blake and sam being very chummy again now <laughs> because they're on such a high and so the discussion turns to murder who are they going to murder tonight uh, they think about hannah they think they can't really rely on hannah for votes uh because She seems to vote quite independently. Well, she did tonight, her random vote for Liam. Uh, And more importantly, she's on to the shield debacle. She seems to have figured out that it was very strange that Sam had the shield and all that stuff. Um, They think about Gloria as well. They think that Gloria is starting to become a bit more confident. She's speaking up a lot more in the banishment room. And she has been voting for Blake fairly consistently now. So that's not good for them. Uh, Camille seems to be loving being a traitor. I think she she's really enjoying it now after her first banishment room. Uh, I my final thing I noticed here was a bit of UK traitors music playing in the background again. So we have Sam Watts. It's just it probably has played several times in episodes and I just haven't noticed it. but at this point I thought, oh that's UK music. I recognize it. it's cool. And our episode really ends there with a decision for murder. See me to come down to Hannah or Gloria. Stephen, I think you have probably seen the next episode already. Is that the case?
1: Yes, I have seen it.
0: Okay. I have too, which means we, we can't really speculate too much about what's going to happen because we both know what's going to happen. Um, but, but we could talk about this episode overall, I guess. Um, how, I mean, I, I said a minute ago, I can't see the faithful winning. Do you feel that way as well? Do they have any chance of winning without talking
1: too much about the next episode? Um, right at the end of the, this seventh episode, what I wrote down is after the next murder, whoever that's going to be, Three on three is a knife's edge. If they don't get a traitor, they are done. Yeah. That's just the way it is because in the next episode, it's going to be Sam, Blake, and Camille, and then Liam, Sarah, Gloria, and or Hannah, assuming that they kill either Gloria or Hannah. So that makes it three and three. They're on a knife's edge. If they don't get a traitor in that episode, they're done. If yeah, they yeah. kill another faithful, they banish another faithful, There's, I, I can't see any scenario for the faithful winning this season. Yeah. It just seems unlikely.
0: I feel like because, because of simply the nature of the word traitors and the nature of words like murder, the, the game is sort of, I, I think we just inherently, it's at the start of a season, we inherently side with the faithful. We we see the traitors as bad villains and we want them to be defeated, even though that's not actually very fair in the players. At this point, at the end of episode seven, who do you want to win? Do you want the faithfuls to win or do you actually want the traitors to get away with it?
1: I have to admit that there is a part of me that Sam has le- lent he has leaned into being the ultimate supervillain he's he it's like watching him he's um what who is that character um in the um the Austin Powers movie who's the the, the oh, villain doctor evil doctor evil he's <laughs> leaned into being doctor evil so much i kind of want him to win okay just just to see how he does it um yeah. Because that is so strongly his gameplay. Um, But on the other hand, I would love it if Camille won. Yeah. So I think what I'm saying is I'm kind of hoping for a trader victory this season. And we'll see how that plays out. Because it could be that the traders will band together, eliminate all the other faithful, and then just handily win that would be a little bit depressing but it could happen or it could be that the traders will start turning on one another and the drama will be how will they pick one another off and who will get picked off yeah yeah um so uh, there's still drama to come but it really looks like the traders are going to take it
0: yes i at this point i'm torn Because on one hand, I think the Faithful are very, very frustrating to watch this season, but it still would be an amazing, exciting last-minute victory. And it would make, I guess it would make for a nice sort of narrative arc if at the last minute they finally figured it all out and they somehow managed to beat the Traitors at the last second. And then we would feel a sort of sense of relief like, I can't believe they pulled it off at the very end. They were such a nightmare throughout the season, but right in these last couple of episodes, uh, they've they've managed to turn it around. So that that could be really exciting to watch. But on the other hand, I agree with you. I I kind of I don't know why, but I hate to admit, Sam, had, although he's very annoying to watch, he's so good at it that I think why should I not want him to win? Actually, he was given the role of a traitor and he's just grabbed it. So I shouldn't really be mad at him for that. He's he's playing the role he was assigned and playing it incredibly. So maybe I should just sort of turn and think, yeah, I, I want a player to win who's fulfilled the role incredibly and gotten away with it. Uh, so maybe I should want... Sam to win as much as I can't believe I'm saying that <laughs> but I, I think part of why I might want Sam to win isn't because of Sam, it's because of how bad the faithful have been so it's like I want him to win because I'm mad at them, not because I like Sam as a character and again, it's, again I'm, I'm treating him as a character because we we don't know him, I don't know anything about Sam um. so I'm judging him as a sort of fictional creation um. not know a real person in the real world.
1: It's so interesting because we've seen multiple seasons now. We know how the finale will play out a few episodes on. It's going to be 9 episodes this yes, season. Only 9. Yeah. So we're the next episode is the penultimate episode and then we're on the finale. So we know dramatically we we know what's coming is they're going to stand outside and there's the fire and there's the bags and there's the green flames and the red flames. And, you know, as you said, I mean, if the veil was pulled from the faithful's eyes and they realized what they had to do at the very last minute, they could still win. Yeah. And that would be super dramatic. Um, But Occam's razor being what it is, (laughs) I don't think that's what's going to happen. No, just I, all things being equal, so we'll see.
0: I think so too. And they, I they probably won't do the flame thing. They didn't do that in the first season. They did that in the UK and US ones. Oh, um, okay. Unless they they may adopt it for the finale of this season, uh, but they didn't do that in Australia. Everything just took place at the table.
1: Oh, that's right. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they did the flames. Yes. Yeah, they're it's, very
0: dramatic. It's dramatic, it's cool visually, and it just sort of like elevates the, the, the end game. Like it makes it feel different and separate from a normal banishment. So it, it might be nice to take them outside and just put them in a different space for the big final round. And yeah, Colour flames are cool. Now we have been playing our own betrayal game before we conclude it. Uh, Stephen, you could tell us where we could find you online or maybe there's something that we should be checking out that you want us to know about.
1: Well, um, I'm at my usual Instagram online, which I think I've given to you in the past. So that's where I can be found. And then the other thing that I've got going on is I'm co-producing with my friend Elia um, a movement workshop that we're doing in the fall into the winter this year. Um, called Movement Medicine, and we're online right now for registration. It starts on September 30th, so if people would are looking for a, a really cool flexibility and mobility class, my friend Elia will be teaching it, and um, you can f- register for it online at eliamarak.com, that's spelled E-L-I-A-M-R-A-K.com. And if you go to the homepage, you can find your way to our program page and find out all about uh, registration. It's a really cool program. I've been doing it for years, um, and uh, a lot of people really like it. So, you know, check it out.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. And this is online, so yes. we can anywhere in the world we could be.
1: Yes, and we have people from all over the world. It happens on Saturdays at 10 a.m. United States Pacific time, so just you know, calculate the time for your time zone. But we have people from all over the world constantly taking part, and we're all on Zoom together, and it's super cool, super fun. So, okay. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And there are listeners of The Trader from all over the place, so everyone will be able to take part. Awesome. So we've been playing the traitor, Traitor, Stephen. Ooh. Ah. We've been trying to deceive one another, backstab one another, betray one another. I have lied to you during our conversation. Did you lie to me?
1: I did. And I had to sort of invent it along the way and throw it in. Okay. So I didn't plan for it. <laughs> this came out of my mouth.
0: Uh, I have a couple of guesses for what you might have lied about. I don't feel that confident that either one of them is the lie but I'm gonna have to pick one. Um, do you do you have any idea what I
1: might have lied about? I have a guess.
0: okay uh, I' I'm, I'm gonna guess yours first. okay. So you mentioned the Dutch traitors a couple of times and I haven't watched the Dutch traitors, diva riders, so I feel you've got one up on me here. You could tell me anything about that show and I wouldn't know if it was true or not. (laughs) So I wondered if maybe you mentioned something about that show that wasn't true. And I'm going to go for the big one because it would be a really great double bluff to lie about something so wild. And I, I wonder if you lied about the mission where one of them has to get a tattoo to pass. Is that a lie?
1: No, that's the absolute truth. <gasps> I can't believe that. I can't believe they I made them do that. But I did not. I did not say whether or not that person got the tattoo. No, he didn't. You didn't. That was the suspense. But they did, in fact, have that as a mission.
0: That's. I mean, on one hand, I think that's insane. On the other hand, I've been watching and finding out a lot about Dutch TV as part of my work in TV recently, and. Dutch TV does some wild stuff. Uh, some of the greatest shows of the world originate in the Netherlands because they are so good at doing crazy, wild, outrageous, controversial new things.
1: They have. Uh, a, they must have a um, our our UK, Australian, New Zealand, and US um, challenges pale in, co- in <laughs> comparison to what they do in the Netherlands. It's, yeah. some of them are absolutely crazy. Yeah. And it is the
0: home of Big Brother from all those years ago as well. So, okay, I've failed. I've failed miserably. What was your lie?
1: I slipped it in. I mentioned that we don't have an axe-throwing facility in Seattle. We do. We do have one. Um, I mentioned it was in Portland, but it's actually in Seattle as well.
0: I genuinely thought that was going to be one of my guesses as well. And I, I dismissed it. I'm so mad at myself. I, I, I feel like I feel like a faithful from season two of Traitors Australia. <laughs> That's how dumb I feel. Um, no offense, anyone listening. Um, I'm kidding, Stephen. I, what do you think I lied to you about?
1: I'm guessing that you slipped something in, kind of toward the end. You mentioned at one point that in the background. Music came up that was the original Sam Watts UK Traders music. I'm guessing that was a lie.
0: I can reveal that that was the truth. I
1: was telling oh. the truth. Okay. The, uh,
0: Sam Watts music really did appear at the end of the episode uh, from the UK version. So I was not lying. I, I'll i tell you what I lied about actually it was very early on it was, it was very near the beginning i was quite sneaky because i did some investigating within the course of the podcast i asked you about traitors new zealand you revealed to me you hadn't seen that much and that made me think i could probably get away with lying about it a little bit so i lied when i talked about camille and how she arrived at her recruitment without a cloak wearing her normal clothes and i said oh they do this in new zealand as well recruits arrive wearing their normal clothes and that's a lie mm. in new zealand if the and i won't tell you anything about when recruitments happen or how many there are um there is at least one recruitment in traders new zealand and i was lying they are they arrive wearing the cloak instantly so that was my well, lie. well done i i think i kind of how did we get on last time uh i i think we're getting pretty good at lying to each other now <laughs>
1: yeah we've got like sort of layers upon layers you know, we talk about other shows, and it's really fun. I actually had a, a lie planned that I just – I had planned it for this episode, but I couldn't slip it in because it just didn't come up. Oh. And the reason it didn't come up is because there was no Daniel in this episode. <laughs> and I, I then I, I planned it because I really like Daniel, actually. Um, and I, I'm not sure. I think you're a little – you're a little dicey on it. I'm not sold so on Daniel. I, I enjoy him as this uh season's new Fergus. Um, I love his sort of diffidence. He reminds me of like the old character of Jeeves or Bunter yeah. from those old British mysteries, which I like. But um yeah, but it didn't come up, so I was like, I'm gonna have to invent a lie on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you did very well. So that uh,
1: means that we're good candidates for the show, so I hope someone's listening.
0: Yeah, and in a weird way, I know the point of the game is to catch each other's lie, but also I quite like it when neither of us do it, because it's also just quite fun to realise how good the other person was at it.
1: <laughs> exactly. We're good candidates for the traitor, the traitor's itself, you
0: yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, we should... We should with You know, I should get all of the guest co-hosts together sometime. How I could coordinate that across all the time zones of the world, I have no idea. We should all get together and we should do an online traitors. I'm planning well, it now.
1: I'm so all over this because <laughs> you know, it's basically the game of murder, which you can do at any time yeah. or werewolf or whatever the different versions are. So I'm I'm up for this. This sounds great. Yeah. And we'll be from all over the world.
0: <laughs> we will. An international version. Uh Stephen, thank you so much again for joining me on The Trader. I hope you enjoyed talking about Episode 7 with me today.
1: Epic episode, epic podcast. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Stephen. I will talk to you again very soon, probably about The Traders and lots of other things. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hello Faithful Trader listeners, thank you for joining me for the episode 7 deep dive with my lovely guest Stephen Ripley. That was a good one wasn't it? We got into some really meaty theoretical discussions there and Stephen is great because he watches the show so closely and he's so clever and sees events differently from I do which makes for really great chat. Stephen, we stand. Now, as I reported in the TT News section, I have an interview with the one and only Annabelle coming your way very soon. I can't wait. and beyond that, there will hopefully be even more cast interviews this season. To keep up with everything that's happening with the podcast, you can follow it on Instagram at the Trade our Podcast or on X at the Trade our Pod, or you can email me at the trade Podcast at gmail.com. You could also do me a huge favour by completing one of the following missions. Subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're using to listen. That includes YouTube where there seems to be a new subscriber every day which is fab. You could also leave the podcast a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And lastly, you could unlock the ultimate achievement and be like Maria and Michael, who I spoke about in TT News, by donating to the podcast coffee page. It's just a one-off payment, no subscription. You can decide how much you'd like to chip in to help me keep the podcast going. That's at ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. That's spelled M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-E-E-L-E-Y. Until next time, when I'll be joined by another brilliant returning co-host from the previous podcast season to help me explore episode 8, the penultimate episode, stay faithful.